startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast, YouTube blog, and internet radio station from Germany, Austria, and Switzerland in English. Today, I do have another guest here with me, Jenny, the winner of the Female Entrepreneur 2023 for the German Startup Awards, co-CEO and co-founder of Leapsum. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? I'm really happy to be here with you today. Totally my pleasure. Uh, we may say that this interview is supported by StartupRaven.com. A startup journey can be a tough one, but it doesn't have to feel like you're alone on your quest. Invest in other success with us joining our community of entrepreneurs who are building amazing things every day, no matter how big or small their ideas may seem at first glance. Best way to register early is StartupRaven.com. And we may also say that this interview is in cooperation with the German Startup Association, Bundesverband Deutscher Startups, and the German Startup Awards. They honor each year outstanding female and male entrepreneurs and investors in special categories. You can learn more in the link down here in the show notes. And of course, there is a playlist for our interviews from 2021 and 2022. That is now all out of the way. Um, I was the, the, actually, we talk about the f person first. Um, when I'm looking at your background, uh, I was wondering, are you currently in NYC? Yes, I am. I'm sitting here. Um, I'm actually working from home today out of Brooklyn. Um, our office is over in Manhattan, but I had some early meetings, so didn't make the commute today. So you, you, you see a tiny bit of my, my, uh, place if you're on the YouTube channel. It reminded me a little bit of a brownstone where you're showing there in the back. So that, that was my first hint. But before we get to your US expansion, your location, um, I've been looking at your LinkedIn profile, which is linked down here in the show notes. Um, you've gotten quite around. You've been in St. Gallen, in Lund, in Geneva, and in Oxford. What drove you to study at all those universities? Ah, oh, that's a good question. And um, so, when I, I mean, even going back to school, I think the most influential teacher I've had in school was my politics teacher. And I think he ultimately sparked a lot of interest in me in tackling some of the big global challenges. And when I finished high school, I ultimately wanted to become a diplomat. So I ended up going to St. Gallen because they had an international um, relations study that seemed to be like a really cool way to move into that direction. However, St. Gallen is a very business-heavy school. So in the end, I actually ended up studying politics or international relations and economics, um, like a dual, dual degree, with also a lot of exposure to business studies. And um, Geneva and Lund were were just semesters abroad, um, always like to explore new things, try new things, and had the opportunity to do that twice, which was a lot of fun. And um, then I actually took a year in between my, my undergrad and my postgrad and actually did an internship both with um, the UN as well as um, um, and the diplomatic service and figured out, like, I really do want to work on these big global challenges 
However, I do need, like, I'm very impatient. I need a, another way to have impact faster. And the third internship I actually did at the time was with a carbon, um, carbon origination and trading company. So under the Kyoto Protocol, there was a way to basically build projects that re re reduced CO2 um, in, in, in certain countries, often with a development impact, and then actually sell those carbon credits to ultimately finance these projects. And I thought it was so cool because it was very impactful. But it was a very entrepreneurial um, organization, and that got me hooked to um, doing, um, um, yeah, doing having impact uh, through a business and an entrepreneurial pa uh, path. And my studies in Oxford were actually very much focused on environmental change and management. So, as the continuation of that from a from a studying perspective. And now you have to take the lead together with us because then you ended up in a sales role. How on earth this, <laughs> did that happen? Very clear progression. So I... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm curious how this clear progression comes along. So after Oxford, I ended up starting to work for a clean tech or green tech startup. Again, like really cool impact-driven costs. We were working on building pretty much the, the missing piece to get to 100% renewable energy future by like by building battery storage and smart controls and algorithms, um, getting them onto a grid and ultimately thereby being able to stabilize the grid um, in, in every sort of like shorter moment, um, which is something you that's historically done by rotating masses of, of, of um, power plants. So it's very impactful. It was a very impactful technology, very cool startup and founders. And I joined the company in a fairly undefined role and then actually ended up sliding into like a initially business development, but then increasingly sales role. So I never planned my career in sales. And I think a lot of people actually coincidentally end up in a sales role, but I really loved it. Like it was very entrepreneurial early stage sales, but I learned so much doing that on the job. Um, and yeah, I think it's been a really, really great foundation as a founder that you actually have had exposure to sales um, in the past. Let's see if there's really a linear progression here <laughs> uh, for, 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 for the very simple reason, because the next thing you have been doing is then ending up in a newspaper here in Germany, Zeit, also known as the number one place where you would advertise if there's a chair open to become a professor at a university or stuff like that. Yes, that's one business area they're very strong at. So I um, got the opportunity to work as Chief of Staff, Referent der Geschäftsführung for um, the CEO of Zeitverlag. And again, like the, the sort of like continuation was, it's a very impact-oriented business in the sense that I believe quality media, and I would say the Zeit, like their flagship product is probably still by far the best publication uh, within Germany. And I believe that, um, quality um, newspapers or quality um, um, journalism, I mean, it doesn't matter what form, is the first pillar of democracy. So again, very impactful um, uh, cause. And I got the opportunity to be exposed and work on a lot of transformation and change projects. And I thought it was actually a really interesting challenge um, after being in the startup world to see how more established business actually works and what some of the challenges um, actually are there. And there's actually 
And I can talk about that in a second, some similarities between the startup and the Zeit Verlag, uh, challenges that I saw that actually led to why Leapsum exists. And um, yeah, so it was again, like really strong um, impact orientation. It's still relatively sort of like entrepreneurial organization in certain ways. Um, and um, yeah, an opportunity to have impact, to learn fast and work with really, really great people. And then as you... As you already said, 2016, you co-founded Leapsum. Um, actually, that, that is quite some time that are now seven years. Did you think at the time you would still be around, let's say, five or seven years after founding the company? I mean, I would say every founder has a big vision. And uh, I mean, we had a really big drive to succeed. Um, I don't think you start a company necessarily if you don't believe you can make it. So we very much had this, this, um, this drive and this, this vision ahead of us. And, um, obviously there also is always the risk of failing. Um, but, um, I mean, I think we, we got pretty far. I think so as well. And five <laughs> years after founding the startup, you made the first investment. Everybody would think, yeah, a few million here and there, but actually you then raised just from nowhere, Series A of 60 million US dollars. Um, can you take us a little bit along the journey when you started out until this funding and what Leapsum actually does? Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, Kaitan Amansberg and I founded Leapsum because of the, the challenges we'd seen in previous organizations. Um, and I mean, going back to sort of these previous experiences I mentioned, um, I think in order to succeed, a company needs to be really, really strongly aligned, whether it's a phase of growth or a phase of transformation. And what do we mean by alignment? Like it's how do you march to the same tune? Like does everybody know where we're heading as the company? What my department, my individual role is and in ultimately getting there. So we'd seen like a fuzziness in that alignment in previous organizations we worked for. And that was one of the things we wanted to tackle. In addition to that, if you want to be successful as an organization, you don't just need an aligned workforce, but you also ultimately need an organization and an environment in which people can succeed. And this was also something where we saw like how hard it is to scale that, um, how hard it is to also keep evolving the organization the way you need it when, when you're under the pressure to transform. So we really also wanted to help company to really build and iterate and continue to build um, really exceptional organizations based on data. Like what do people need to be successful in these organizations? What that means from a product perspective, I can talk about in a second. And in addition to that, the third challenge we've seen in these previous organizations we worked for is uh, where we as individuals, as managers, really supported to, to grow and develop alongside the challenges we had ahead of us. And that's sort of like people enablement in the core. Like, do people know their strengths? Do people know where they stand? What's expected of them? Where they need to sort of like grow, develop? That's also something that often really didn't work in the organizations um, we worked for. So we ultimately, with Leaps, and we've built the tool that Kaitan and I were missing in these previous organizations we've worked for. And we started the company out of Kaitan's kitchen in end of 2016 and started to like really start with the question of what makes people successful in organizations and thought about different processes, just the different starting points. And I think back in the time, we always would have had the assumption that we might be raising in a year um, or two when we have the first product, first traction. But what ultimately happened is 
we were so successful with the product we'd launched that we were able to actually grow out of cash flow very fast and very effectively. Um, so when we actually then finally decided to raise, um, and I can talk about why we did that, um, we were benchmarked against a lot of other startups of how long it took us, for example, to get from one to 10 million ARR. And despite not having um, VC funding, we actually were in the top tier of companies when it came to the speed of our growth. Just by having been able to hit a pain and build a product that um, serves this pain very, very effectively. So we didn't necessarily, we, we didn't bootstrap um, so growing out of our cash flow from a dogmatic standpoint, but we were able to do that in a very effective way. And then 20, early 2022, we basically asked ourselves, like, what do we need to unlock the next stage of growth? Like, how do we get to 100 million ARR? Like, what are the things that, that need to change? What do we need to invest in? And we basically decided, like, we really want to double down our international expansion. We want to double down and moving more up market. We already had really ex uh, exciting customers in, in, um, in the sort of like bigger segments, like Spotify, for example. Um, um, that was a, an already an early customer. And so in order to, to double down on some of these additional growth, um, hypotheses, expansion, moving up market, we decided it would now actually be helpful to have additional cash to invest upfront. Um, and that's basically the point in time when we decided to, to bring in external funding. And we did a very lean round, um, uh, quite successfully brought inside partners on board. Um, they're incredible software investor, actually also helpful beyond the money. Um, um, and yeah, we great partners, very, very happy to have them also random and visionaries are great funds. Um, um, also incredible smart people. And yeah, that's, that's been a bit of, 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 of the story there. And I haven't talked about the product, but I can do that at a later stage. <laughs> yes, but, but, but I would I would give you a lead into the product because you said with the co-founder you had a few assumptions what makes companies successful. C can you walk us through those assumptions and mm -hmm. how you struct how you build a product out of that? Yeah, I mean it's it's basically the I've I've, I've implicitly men men mentioned them, those already. So the first one for me is. Um, um, alignment, like, is there clarity of where we're going, what every department, every team is expected? Like people need clarity, what's expected of them and how their work fits into the bigger picture in order to succeed in organizations. And some of the, the ways we, we support that is, um, breaking strategy down into goals, into OKRs, but also staying aligned all the way to the daily doing through really effective meeting management. And that's, I think you said we're an HR platform or something along those, those lines. And we would actually, I think we're often considered HR tech, but ultimately we actually consider ourselves something technically beyond because that really goes into how do we enable managers to do their role well? How do we enable the C-level to ultimately execute on their strategy? And that's the first dimension. That's the alignment piece. The second piece is how do we build organizations in which people can succeed? And in order to do that, we need to first measure what works and what doesn't work. And one way we empower that is actually doing that with um, engagement surveys, pulse surveys, um, pretty much measuring the pulse of the organization, listening to your, your employees that often do know what works and what doesn't work, but not stopping there. Like So basically, we aggregate the data in real time. But we, um, we help you to segment that data where certain challenges in the organizations, where things improving, deteriorating, but even going a step further and making that, um, data, um, actionable. 
in order to suggest like what's your next smartest step and actually in terms of act to order uh, in order to actually improve um, your organization and be that environment and build that environment in which people can be successful. And then the third dimension, and I would actually even divide that into two, is people enablement and manager enablement. So people enablement um, and um, going into that, maybe an element of that as performance management, really starts with generating clarity of what's expected of people. Like you can't measure performance um, when people don't even know what's expected of them. So generating that clarity, what is expected of you in your role, Joe, and then also um, working, um, um, basically providing um, clarity, what's expected maybe in the next role, what are competencies, what are career ladders, um, making sure there's instant feedback, continuous feedback, but also we take a step back in a certain point in time to review where you at, what worked, um, have you delivered on these expectations, but also what are your next steps and then supporting the individual also with the develop, pushing through on development objectives, pushing through on learning. Um, and that's basically what we do along the entire employee journey. Like you get support being onboarded. You have first feedback interactions, maybe three months after being onboarded continuously as part of your, your one-on-one -on -one check ins, but then maybe by annual 360 to have an even more holistic view on where you're at and where you can go next. And then from a manager perspective, it's, it's somewhat similar. Um, but it's, 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 It's really something we we aren't optimized for the HR persona. Obviously, we serve the HR persona because they set up a lot of these these processes. But we've truly always optimized to be um, or set up to optimize for the end user, so the individual, but also the manager. Manager have really hard jobs. Uh, there's a lot that's expected of them. So helping them to really understand how 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 they're leading their team what are the strengths and the people of their uh, of the people on their team what are people struggling with and really helping them through the combination of that alignment data managing their meetings having understanding of the competencies and the development tracks of their team um knowing what works and what doesn't work on their team through the survey data we really help managers to actually um make their jobs easier And actually, a really cool continuation of that is we've also been integrating a lot of AI features. And um, so in multiple parts of the platform. So we help you to draft good OKRs um, with, with AI. Like if you don't know how to put it right, like put a couple of prompts um, and we help you um, to actually get, get those right. When people write reviews, for example, like a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's much easier to... Um, to edit rather than to start on a, on a blank sheet of paper. So we help you, you put a couple of prompts in, into like the review rewrite. You see the contextual information of the feedback you've previously shared, the goals of that person. And we actually help you to then draft like really effective feedback to then prepare really effective feedback conversations with that little AI augmentation to make your job as a manager easier. Um, and also in a similar way, like, for example, we have some organizations like a Spotify and Northwold, um, parts of like Mercedes-Benz or Volkswagen, um, very big organizations in North America, in different parts of Europe, where you have surveys that ha run with, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 employees. And right, like we also help you to not just understand the quantitative data, but we also now aggregate the qualitative data with AI. So you have an instantaneous understanding of what are the comments, what is the sentiments across certain uh, themes to really make that really rich qualitative data of the comments of people 
instantaneously actionable and helpful. And I think this is where all of the advances we've seen in generative AI unlock like a huge new level of really in augmenting the HR professionals, the HR business partners, the managers to truly do their jobs more effectively. When you've been talking about that, I saw a lot of buzzwords and uh, went through my own experience as a consultant as well as an employee. And you've been talking about the alignment with strategy. There are barely any companies out there where you can tell they do have a strategy. A lot of people mistake an Excel sheet as a strategy, yeah. but that is just the result of a strategy. Yeah. And um, personal experience, I, I've seen many organizations where they have like instant surveys, Yammer was around and stuff like that. But it appears um, that they just eliminate the negative feedback. They, they, they just ignore mm -hmm. the negative feedback. Yeah, there are some negative pieces here. We just ignore them and everything is, is honey -oh. Every, Everything is wonderful. And we do the, those surveys uh, on a regular basis, says the manager. Um, and he just doesn't, doesn't say, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of negative feedback. They just, they just say, oh, that, uh, that's, uh, that's an extreme. We just eliminate this one and that one and this one. And then you get a good result. So, um, I've, I see the usefulness of the tool, but you have to apply it really. Um, people enablement and manager enablement. I'm, uh, I'm really traumatized by that one <laughs> because in the past, especially as a consultant, you get mostly measured by KPIs that you yourself totally cannot influence. Um, most depends on if you're on project and if you're on project depends on what projects the company gets. Um, That also depends on the partners and the directors and how they want to staff it. So that's the, uh, I would say 80, 90, 95% of your performance and you can totally not influence it. So there are definitely companies where this really can work, but there is a big, big lot of potential to really just make a bad company continue in their ways. Um, Do, do you have some experience how companies are actually used to, to, mm -hmm. to really improve to get over this? Because especially in Germany, I have seen that people are just introducing new tools, but they don't change the way they do yeah. stuff. They don't change their mindset. They don't change um, anything. It's just a new tool and they do the same stuff with it. No, I agree. And I think that's part of the, ch I mean, I would say that's part of the challenge of the topic. And it's also like a huge driver behind our growth, right? A lot of people have been burned by terrible performance management, terrible talent management. And I think there's a lot of, or like they have been, and they're still unfortunately are a lot of really, really poor practices and, um, and um, processes out there. And I mean, ultimately, that's the reason like Leapsum isn't just the software for people enablement, OKRs, modern performance management, um, employee engagement. We actually aren't like an empty software, but we have a stance. So we actually have a perspective on how these things are done in an effective and a, in a pretty much right way. And just to make it very tangible, like for example, what you've mentioned. So I think a lot of 
sort of the bad traditional performance management has been mainly backward looking, right? So you only said like, Joe, like you haven't met your, met your target for billable hours, for example. Um, so purely backward looking, not looking at the underlying causes, like not putting that into any perspective. Whereas modern performance management we see is often like there's obviously we need to take talk about um, sort of like how did I mean, first of all, it, it, again, it starts with clarifying the expectations. So what do I expect of you to be successful in your role? Um, is billable hours one element of that? But maybe what are the the, the leading behaviors that ultimately lead to that um, um, happening? Like, do you have good time management? I mean, that's a very basic one. Um, um, are you spending enough time maybe prospecting new projects, for example? Like just a lot of clarity on what's expected of you. And then in addition to that, it's also much more forward-looking and competency-oriented, right? What are the underlying behaviors for you to be successful in your role, for you to grow into the next role, right? Maybe in this stage, it's actually supporting, um, um, uh, if you're a consultant, it's maybe supporting proposals, being effective in identifying pains of future clients, making strong sales pitches, whereas maybe the next step on the career letter you're working for, towards is like, actually leading the sales process with, with potential future consulting clients. So just generating that clarity, not just on or having the conversation what worked well in the last period, but being very clear on what the underlying competencies and behaviors are and what you need to develop to potentially, if you want to grow into the next role. And um, that's one, I would say, key characteristic where the, the old and the new systems differ. In addition, I've, I've totally is, made this experience because they they have expectations defined so wide you could drive a Boeing through, and um, then you have trainings uh, that should enable you to get competencies, but actually it's just um, skills on the job that you need, and you don't have like a real development program in many companies. That is that is something you're working on. Exactly. So maybe just to finish quickly the performance piece. So I think in addition to that, rather than just getting like reviewed by your manager, often I think modern processes take different perspectives into account. So while your manager might see you in certain situations, maybe also generate or like including a certain level of peer feedback, ensuring you also have an opportunity to truly um, um, share like your perspective, your self-assessment. I think those are different building blocks and I could get, go to further ones that differentiate the old bad from the more modern people-centric process that ultimately really help um, lead to better performance. Um, mm -hmm. And and to your point, um, like if we look at at, at um, this from a, an employee process, let's say we have Mike. Mike is a consultant and um, Mike started a new job and um, he, uh, on Leapsam, like he's getting support with his onboarding. So first of all, he's... Um, getting certain trainings to be accustomed to the key processes, the key things he needs to learn. Some of that might be digital. Some of that might be certain mentorship sessions or trainings with other folks from the, within the company. So he's, first of all, getting all the support he needs to understand like what's what, what, what he needs to be successful in his role. Then after, um, then he, he, we might support Mike and his manager to have like a weekly one-on-one -on -one check in with a really clearly defined agenda. Like I personally always like to start with like a check in. How are you doing? Um, clarity of like what's, what do you need support from me on direction, coaching? What are just updates for me? 
what are some of the, 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 the bottlenecks you need support on? So I'm starting to have these conversations between the manager and, the, and Mike, um, on an ongoing, uh, ongoing basis. Then maybe after three months, he has his first probation check-in or three months check-in. And they will review, like, do you have everything you need to be successful in your role? Um, do you have clarity of what's expected to him? Let's review how you're making progress on the things that are expected of you. Um, let's rate you or like give, give you feedback on the certain, the competencies you need to be successful in your role. And then we have a joint conversation around that, potentially also incorporating peer feedback to a very good understanding where, where, where Mike is. Mike has a good understanding where he is. And then we nudge you to def define, for example, like a development objective. So Mike knows while I'm strong on this part, and it's very important for people to know their strengths to build on. Maybe there's other uh, areas he needs to compensate on. And maybe we set two development objectives, one that's strengths-oriented. So Mike can focus like to really double down on his strengths because that's going to be his superpower in our team. And I, as the manager, now have that clarity. Like Mike is the superstar when it comes to Excel modeling. So I'm going to um, later when I think about attributing work or initiatives in the team to really build upon that as understanding. Um, but maybe there's like Mike is really bad at project management and he does need to work on that a tiny bit to be successful in that consultant role. Then I'm, when I'm, then we jointly define these development objective and Leapsum pushes them into your one-on-ones again. So you have these regular conversations, maybe on a monthly basis again, to make sure we don't just set them and they're in some um, system that nobody checks in and everybody forgets about them that become actionable. They actually really help you to, <laughs> to continuously work on and with them. And then we can review it again, maybe in three or six months. And when we have another, like more holistic step back touch point. And that's exactly the kind of system that helps Mike and his manager to be aligned and for Mike to truly succeed in this role. Hmm. That, that, that would be really cool if, if performance management at one point really works like that. Um, everybody would like to learn more. We link your company website down here in the show notes. We're already talking a little bit longer than usual for the simple reason that's an important topic for a lot of people. Uh, we know especially a lot of entrepreneurs are listening and they just built um, a little bit of model how this could work together here. Um, we usually end with two final questions. One of them, are you currently looking to hire people? Yes, we are. We're always hiring. And uh, I think maybe we can link our careers page uh, in the show notes so that people have the best up-to-date view and all the exciting positions we're hiring for in Berlin and New York. We actually have a lot of new listeners. I think we will may pass 200,000 listeners in our podcast this month. So we what we usually do, we have one blog post on Medium. Go down here in the show notes. There you find the Medium blog post and there you find all the relevant links for the very simple reason it's a nightmare to change a link or comment once it's out there and that's why we are linking to the medium blog and secondly you raised um a series a round back in 2022 would you be willing to talk to new investors i mean we're pretty laser focused on execution so we're not actively fundraising but as i do know the investor community folks do generally always reach out no matter what. Um, I think we just always need to be very intentional um, given how uh, many things are going on and we can't do everything at the same time, how much time we can allocate to to, to certain things. Mm -hmm. Great. So uh, bottom line, 
if they are interested, they should reach out. We link your LinkedIn profile down here in the show notes. Um, and if they're helpful, they may even get some feedback from you guys. Um, congratulations again on winning German Startup Award Female Entrepreneur of the Year 2023. And maybe Joe, if I may actually try, uh, mention one more thing, we actually have a start Leapsum for Startups uh, program where we have really attractive discounts for earlier stage companies. Um, because we know, I think part of what made us successful as Leapsum, how we got this far is because we've done, we've been eating our own dog food. Like we've been really truly working on that alignment, that building a great organization and people enablement piece. And we want to give back to that early stage startup community. So we have the Leapsum for Startup programs. Maybe we can also send over that link. Um, and yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to talk As to you. Down here. Oh, down here. Awesome. Awesome. And congratulations to you for this amazing reach and, um, yeah, listenership, if that's the right word. <laughs> yeah. To totally fine. Thank you very much. Totally my pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Have a good day. Bye bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.